O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, August 22nd. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means when you enter in. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means when you enter in. Deuteronomy 26, 1-19 When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled there, put some of the first produce from each crop you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, With this gift I acknowledge to you, to the Lord your God, that I have entered the land he swore to our ancestors he would give us. The priest will then take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, My ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived few in number, but in Egypt they became a large and mighty nation. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and powerful arm, with overwhelming terror, and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. And now... O Yahweh, I have brought you the first portion of the harvest you have given me from the ground. Then 
placed the produce before the Lord your God and bowed to the ground in worship before him. Afterward, you may go and celebrate because of all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Remember to include the Levites and the foreigners living among you in the celebration. Every third year, you must offer a special tithe of your crops. In this year of the special tithe, you must give your tithes to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, so that they will have enough to eat in your towns. Then you must declare in the presence of the Lord your God, I have taken the sacred gift from my house and have given it to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, just as you commanded me. I have not violated or forgotten any of your commands. I have not eaten any of it while in mourning. I have not handled it while I was ceremonially unclean, and I have not offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God and have done everything you commanded me. Now look down from your holy dwelling in heaven and bless your people Israel and the land you swore to our ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Today the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these decrees and regulations, so be careful to obey them wholeheartedly. You have declared today that the Lord is your God, and you have promised to walk in His ways and to obey His decrees, commands, and regulations, and to do everything He tells you. The Lord has declared today that you are His people, His own special treasure, just as He promised, and that you must obey all His commands. And if you do, He will set you high above all the other nations He has made, Then you will receive praise, honor, and renown. You will be a nation that is holy to the Lord your God, just as he promised. Job 4, 1-7-21 Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied to Job, Will you be patient and let me say a word? For who could keep from speaking out. In the past you have encouraged many people. You have strengthened those who were weak. Your words have supported those who were falling. You encourage those with shaky knees. But now, when trouble strikes you, you lose heart. You are terrified when it touches you. Doesn't your reverence for God give you confidence? Doesn't your life of integrity give you hope? Stop and think. Do the innocent die? When have the upright been destroyed? My experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. A breath from God destroys them. They vanish in a blast of his anger. The lion roars and the wildcat snarls, but the teeth of strong lions will be broken. The fierce lion will starve for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness will be scattered. This truth was given to me in secret, as though whispered in my ear. It came to me in a disturbing vision at night when people are in a dead sleep. Fear gripped me and my bones trembled. A spirit swept past my face and my hair stood on end. The spirit stopped, but I couldn't see its shape. There was a form before my eyes. In the silence, I heard a voice say, 
Can a mortal be innocent before God? Can anyone be pure before the Creator? If God does not trust his own angels and has charged his messengers with foolishness, how much less will he trust people made of clay? They are made of dust, crushed as easily as a moth. They are alive in the morning, but dead by evening, gone forever without a trace. Their tent cords are pulled, and the tent collapses, and they die in ignorance. Cry for help, but will anyone answer you? Which of the angels will help you? Surely resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. I have seen that fools may be successful for the moment, but then comes sudden disaster. Their children are abandoned far from help. They are crushed in court with no one to defend them. The hungry devour their harvest even when it is guarded by brambles. The thirsty pant after their wealth, but evil does not spring from the soil, and trouble does not sprout from the earth. People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. If I were you, I would go to God and present my case to Him. He does great things too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. He gives rain for the earth and water for the fields. He gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. He frustrates the plans of schemers so the work of their hands will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness, so their cunning schemes are thwarted. They find it is dark in the daytime, and they grope at noon, as if it were night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the strong, and rescues them from the clutches of the powerful. And so at last the poor have hope, and the snapping jaws of the wicked are shut. But consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. From six disasters he will rescue you. Even in the seventh he will keep you from evil. He will save you from death in time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. You will be safe from slander and have no fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace with the stones of the field, and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is safe. When you survey your possessions, nothing will be missing. You will have many children. Your descendants will be as plentiful as grass. You will go to the grave at a ripe old age, like a sheaf of grain harvested at the proper time. We have studied life and found all this to be true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. Then Job spoke again. If my misery could be weighed and my troubles be put on the scales, they would outweigh all the sands of the sea. That is why I spoke impulsively. For the Almighty has struck me down with his arrows. Their poison infects my spirit. God's terrors are lined up against me. Don't I have a right to complain? Don't wild donkeys bray when they find no grass, and oxen bellow when they have no food? 
Don't people complain about unsalted food? Does anyone want the tasteless white of an egg? My appetite disappears when I look at it. I gag at the thought of eating it. Oh, that I might have my request, that God would grant my desire. I wish he would crush me. I wish he would reach out with his hand and kill me. At least I can take comfort in this, despite the pain. I have not denied the words of the Holy One, but I don't have the strength to endure. I have nothing to live for. Do I have the strength of a stone? Is my body made of bronze? No, I am utterly helpless without any chance of success. One should be kind to a fainting friend. But you accuse me without any fear of the Almighty. My brothers, you have proved as unreliable as a seasonal brook that overflows its banks in the spring, when it is swollen with ice and melting snow. But when the hot weather arrives, the water disappears. The brook vanishes in the heat. The caravans turn aside to be refreshed. But there is nothing to drink, so they die. The caravans from Tima search for this water. The travelers from Sheba hope to find it. They count on it, but are disappointed. When they arrive, their hopes are dashed. You too have given no help. You have seen my calamity, and you are afraid. But why? Have I ever asked you for a gift? Have I begged for anything of yours for myself? Have I asked you to rescue me from my enemies or to save me from ruthless people? Teach me, and I will keep quiet. Show me what I have done wrong. Honest words can be painful, but what do your criticisms amount to? Do you think your words are convincing when you disregard my cry of desperation? You would even send an orphan into slavery or sell a friend. Look at me. Would I lie to your face? Stop assuming my guilt, for I have done no wrong. Do you think I am lying? Don't I know the difference between right and wrong? Is not all human life a struggle? Our lives are like that of a hired hand, like a worker who longs for the shade, like a servant waiting to be paid. I, too, have been assigned months of futility, long and weary nights of misery. Lying in bed, I think, when will it be morning? But the night drags on, and I toss till dawn. My body is covered with maggots and scabs. My skin breaks open, oozing with pus. My days fly faster than a weaver's shuttle. They end without hope. O God, remember that my life is but a breath, and I will never again feel happiness. You see me now, but not for long. You will look for me, but I will be gone. Just as a cloud dissipates and vanishes, those who die will not come back. They are gone forever from their home, never to be seen again. I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish. My bitter soul must complain. Am I a sea monster or a dragon that you must place me under guard? I think my bed will comfort me and sleep will ease my misery. But then you shatter me with dreams and terrify me with visions. I would rather be strangled, rather die, than suffer like this. I hate my life and don't want to go on living. Oh, leave me alone for my few remaining days. What are people that you should make so much of us? 
that you should think of us so often. For you examine us every morning and test us every moment. Why won't you leave me alone, at least long enough for me to swallow? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of all humanity? Why make me your target? Am I a burden to you? Why not just forgive my sin and take away my guilt? For soon I will lie down in the dust and die. When you look for me, I will be gone. First Corinthians fourteen, eighteen to forty. I, Paul, thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a church meeting I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than ten thousand words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babes when it comes to evil but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the Scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying, and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy, and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Or, do you think God's word originated with you, Corinthians? Are you the only ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, 
You should recognize that what I am saying is a command from the Lord Himself. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Psalm 37, 30-40 The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from His path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed, or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along His path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them, and they find shelter in Him. Proverbs 21.27 The sacrifice of an evil person is detestable, especially when it is offered with wrong motives. Today I'd like to speak to you about how Daily Audio Torah got started and what the background and the backdrop, the backstory is on this. It was about four years ago in 2017 that I was driving home from Sukkot and it was a two-day journey. I was driving from Oklahoma to Ohio and it had been a very blessed Sukkot meeting. And the Holy Spirit began to speak with me on that journey home. And he basically said to me, Laura, I want you to launch a website and I want you to call it Daily Audio Torah. And I want you to go through the entire Bible in one year. And I was a little bit like Moses, kind of arguing with the Lord and saying, but Lord, I don't know how to do a website. And he had an answer for every objection that I made. Laura, you've been making websites for other people for several years now. You can do this. But Lord, I don't know how to do podcasting. Laura, you've been doing podcasting for others for many years. You can do this. And so finally I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it with your help. I absolutely will not do this without you going with me in this. And he basically said, I'm giving you this assignment, so I want you to do it. So, of course, I'll be with you in it. And as I thought about the why, why daily audio Torah, um, what I was seeing in the Hebrew Roots community throughout the world, um, and I had been to Jordan and Israel and the East Coast, the West Coast, I had a pretty good survey of what Hebrew Roots communities were doing around you know, different places around the world, I saw a disturbing trend. And that disturbing trend was that some 
some within the community, they would embrace truth. They would embrace the Torah and love Torah and dig into the Torah and study it. And slowly but surely, not all at once, but just sort of a slow creep, they would slowly drift away from Yeshua. Yeshua is the head of the body. And if we drift away from Yeshua, we become a body without a head. And I had seen, not all, but some within the Hebrewites community that would drift so far away from Yeshua that they would eventually hop the fence and convert to Judaism and renounce Christ. And this was very disturbing to me. And so as I thought about that, I thought, well, one of the reasons why this can happen is because if you're only reading the Torah cycle, the the Torah reading cycle, and you don't read the rest of the Bible, you're getting very little of the New Testament, very little of the words of Yeshua from the Gospels. And so when you're not reading the New Testament, you're not reading the Gospels, you get disconnected. And so this is why I felt it was so important to stay connected to Yeshua and to stay in his word and to read his words. We can't really understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. They they go together. They're like parallel tracks of a train. And there are many connections between the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament and the New Testament. You could say that the New Testament is like a midrash or a discussion or an interpretation of the Old Testament, and it takes you to a higher level of understanding, a deeper level of understanding. But if you try to read the New Testament without the foundation of the Old Testament, the scriptures, you can really get into error with the whole replacement theology doctrine. So that's how Daily Audio Torah was born. And we launched in 2018. And we're now coming into a new Torah reading cycle. This will become year four. Year four. So very soon, in about a month, we'll be starting a new yearly cycle. We'll be starting in Genesis, Brashit, Genesis 1-1, in about a month. And so I want to commend you. If you've been listening every day for about a year, you're almost done. You're almost to the top of the mountain. Now, if you've missed some days here and there, that's okay. Just get back in the saddle and keep on going. If you're new to Daily Audio Torah, I encourage you to keep on listening. And um, it'll be just a wonderful sense of accomplishment when you've read through the entire Bible in one year. And once you've done it one time, it's like you're hooked. You just can't stop. You have to keep on going. It's a little bit like exercise. In the beginning, it's hard and your body aches and you have lactic acid buildup in your legs and arms and hips. But then after a while, you're hooked because there's this something called endorphin that makes you feel really good. And then the exercise really makes your body feel good. It's the same thing with our spirit. We are in the word every day. We're feeding our spirit. We're allowing our spirit to grow in the word and to um, pick up the thoughts of God and pick up the mind of Christ. And um, it helps us to grow in our walk.
So now I'm going to close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to be in your word each day together. And I pray, Lord, as we read your word, that you will help us to apply it to our lives, that you will help us to put it into practice and to walk it out. Help us to be strong in you, Yeshua. Help us to stay always connected to you, to the head who is Yeshua, our Messiah, our King, our beloved, our betrothed. We love you, Yeshua, and we love your word. Help us to walk as you walked. In Yeshua's name, amen. Yevrekah Adonai Vishmerekah Adonai Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Eleka Vayaseh Leka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>